Previously Recorded Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Previously Recorded. I am your host, RP. As always, in this special mini-episode of Previously Recorded is brought to you by not only our T-Bubble and T-Public and Red Bubble store, but Totally Tees. Uh, if you need a shirt and you don't have one, call Totally Tees. They'll get it done. Um, it's better when everybody else is here. But before we dive into today's episode, going to get my recommendations out uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, unlike I normally do. Uh, so there's three things you should be watching, and if you're not, I don't know why you're not. Uh, Ted Lasso Season 3 has just started. It's the final season. It's already off to a great start. I am loving it. Uh, Shrinking, another Apple TV show uh, created by Bill Lawrence and uh, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso, who plays Roy Kent and Jason Segel. It's great. Um, I love it. It's everything. If you love Ted Lasso, there's aspects of it that carry over because it's the same uh kind of the same voice, it's the same thought process, but different material, um, not as optimistic and upbeat as Ted Lasso, but it's great, it's Bill Lawrence if you love Scrubs, um, he's the creator of Scrubs, he's also uh, one of the creators of Ted Lasso and this and a bunch of other stuff, he's the, he's the best, that's on Apple TV, you should really be watching it, and um, I guess The Last of Us, if you if you haven't, if you lived under a rock and not have watched that, um, there's, there's that, and uh, man, I I guess, or The Mandalorian, two things, you know, that are huge. Um, so those are my three, four recommendations of things you should uh, be watching at home. And then also this weekend, uh, Zach Braff's new film, A Good Person, comes out. I'm seeing it this weekend. I'm excited. As well as John Wick 4 comes out, and I am excited for that as well. Those movies are ridiculous, but I love them. Okay. So today's episode is just kind of a quick reminder that we are a podcast, that we're still here. Um, but... We're not able to do our normal March Madness, you know, bracket of some sort. Things are just crazy, um, so I apologize, but I wanted to get a little episode out just to remind you that we are still a functioning podcast that is just once a month at the end of every month, and we will be taking the month of April off, uh, but we're working on something exciting for you guys uh, that I really think you're going to like, um, and if not, maybe it'll lead to something that you will like. Um but our May and, and June episodes are going to be, uh, I, I hopefully, fun. Um, so today's episode is just going to be uh, a Marvel news and DC news, as well as a completely spoiler-free uh, quick thoughts on Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Um, so there's a lot that's been going on at Marvel Studios. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit briefly in the last episode, uh, where we discussed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but there's shakeups Now, they... Could be good, they could not be good, but I don't think it's anything to panic about in terms of the delays. So they are pushing everything for this year um, with the TV shows. You know, Secret Invasion was kind of, I think, already supposed to be on Disney Plus by now. It's getting pushed to June. Loki was supposed to be this summer, and I think they're moving that as well to... um, No, they definitely are moving it, but it's not going to be in the summer anymore. And uh, it's probably going to be closer to like December. And then the other show, Echo, I think was supposed to be this summer, and that's getting pushed um, to 2024, as well as another project that I am blanking on. But uh, there were supposed to be, I think, five projects that hit this year for Disney Plus uh, for Marvel Studios, and I think we're only going to get three of them. And I know Ironheart's one of the guy pushed, um, which I was really looking forward to. Ironheart that was supposed to show up in like November. 
but they're doing quality control. And uh, so now they're pushing everything. And I think it's for the best, you know, it allows more time for not only these projects to shine individually, as Kevin Feige said, but it also kind of helps with some of the superhero fatigue people have been talking about. Uh, People are getting sick of the superhero genre or just feeling overwhelmed by the superhero genre. I mean, I personally don't think so. I think it's just more and people are just being more selective and not liking as much. I mean, Marvel Studios put out like 18 projects over the last two years, which is insane. But um, but yeah, so that's just some uh, delays for that. And as we already talked about with the Marvels getting pushed to November as well. Uh, and that's probably going to push everything else. But I think it's a good thing. I think more time, not only for uh, you know projects to breathe, but more time for the visual effects artist to um, work on the project and not feel stressed, which that leads into the other big news. This is the big news for Marvel Studios is that uh, Victoria Alonso has left the company. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Victoria Alonso was uh, promoted in 2020 to president of physical and post-production visual effects and animation. So for those of you who don't know who Victoria Alonso is, and it's like, I've never heard this name before in my life, she's been with the company from the beginning. Um, she was worked on Iron Man. Uh, Kevin Feige called her up and when they were getting ready to produce Iron Man and, and called her in as a producer. I, it's not the exact story, but that's basically what it is. And she's been there from the beginning and officially got promoted to a producer, uh, executive producer on the Avengers and has just been one of the three like big heads of Marvel Studios. It's Kevin Feige. Uh, Louis, Louis D'Esposito and Victoria Alonso. They've been there from the beginning and it's been their show and they've helped make everything, you know, plan out the MCU and make sure every film comes out. Um, not only on time, but that everything looks good and that it works with the MCU. Um, so when it came out that she left the company, it was huge. It was a huge shock. Um, she had just been at the Oscar. She won an Oscar for another film. She produced a short film, Argentina, 1985. And so, you know, she, and she's a big figurehead in the community. She is a uh, woman of color who is also uh, part of the LGBTQ community. So she is, so she's always been pushing for representation and uh, equality in Marvel Studios. And so she's seen as a powerful and influential person of the company. So it was huge when the, the news came out that she had left. So then it turned out she was actually fired. So I thought that she just, you know, Left the company. I'd done a lot, uh, you know, kind of one of these things. There's, you know, the visual effects have been under attack. They haven't looked great. Uh, I don't know if she's been overwhelmed, whatnot. And I thought she was just like, you know, it's time for me to hang out my cleats. I'm done. But no, apparently she was fired, but not by Kevin Feige. She was fired by Alan Bergman, who is the CCO, the chief creative officer of uh, Walt Disney, uh, the Walt Disney Company. And so Marvel, all of Marvel Studios reports to him. Um, so him and a couple of the board members made the decision to fire her, but, uh, and Kevin Feige just decided not to intervene. I don't know if it's one of these things where, you know, it, it would only make it worse for him because they, they, at the end of the day, they were going to get what they wanted. But I think it, it, it's very interesting because Marvel Studios is always presented as this, you know, great place and there's never any issues and it's just interesting um, but also you can look at it as maybe it's a positive if she is in charge of all of this and they're trying to clean up their mess and make things like they were before Endgame, 
as some people have said. I mean, they've still put out great projects, and I agree the visual effects haven't been the best, um, but that's what happens when you pump out content. So I'm all for these changes they've made. Um, I'm never, I never want to see anybody fired, but there was a couple reports online that said uh, she was cruel to visual effects houses, and she played favorites. And if she didn't like you, she wouldn't give you work. And if she did like you, she would give you the work, but overwork you. Um, and a lot of the problem with visual effects houses and Marvel Studios is the film is constantly changing until uh, release date, like literally the night before they could change something. And that's not fair to visual effects houses, but that's how they made the first Iron Man. And they call it the Marvel method that they're always trying to improve the film. But they have to be considerate of these visual effects houses. And these visual effects houses need to be paid more. And I know how it works. They have a budget. They offer it out. And people scoop it up. But Marvel makes a lot of money. They work for Disney. I don't know. I say this last time. I don't know why I expect Disney to do the right thing. But they should. And um, I like to think Kevin Feige is, you know, leads the charge of doing the right thing. Um, which you always hear from the actors. And, and so the actors rebuttaled that. Um, claimed that she was cruel and kind of like a dictator to these visual effects houses and said she's, you know, great. Um, she was uh, always a proponent on set. She was proponent for equality, all these things. And at the end of the day, they're always going to be nicer to the actors than they are to the visual effects houses. So uh, I'm not going to side with either one. Um, it's not my place to say. I don't know. But I'm just trying to give you all that information. Um, so that's... Kind of the big news with Marvel. Uh, I don't really think there's anything else that is of note. Um, there's potentially a couple of, uh, you know, specials, which we all loved from the ones they did with uh, Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Like, that's what they should be doing on Disney+, Plus, not these shows. I think these shows don't get the attention um, they deserve, but also I don't think they're the best. Like, they're, they're great, but they always have pr flaws in their story where they, they fall off. And I've liked basically everyone. Um, my least favorite is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My favorite will always be WandaVision. I think that was perfect. And even that finale, was, which was hurt by COVID, was still not the best uh, for a lot of people. But it is what it is. Uh, they still got things coming, like Vision Quest and whatnot, uh, new stuff. So we'll see. Um, but that about does it for the Marvel news uh, today. Just That's huge. You know, Victoria Alonso getting fired. And hopefully, you know, maybe it will, uh, you know, with her being in charge of the post-production and everything, hopefully whoever fills her role, they actually give it to more than one person. And we see some improvements. They need it. Um, and I just want the MCU to go back to being how it was revered, you know, when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, which people forget. And they just still think that Endgame's the last, best last movie they put out. But they put out freaking Far From Home, No Way Home, Shang-Chi. Um, I understand people didn't love Eternals, didn't love Black Widow, but I personally really liked Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I know it's not what people uh, want. But Shang-Chi and Spider-Man, people just forget. Anyway, that's the Marvel news. Now to DC. Um, so the big news over the weekend was Shazam! Fear the Gods released, didn't get great reviews, didn't make any money. Um, it opened up to about... 30, I think they said 45% less than the original's opening weekend, which that's a huge deal. For a sequel, they usually expect you 
to open at the same, or if not more, because you have more time to familiarize with the character. It's a known character. And the first movie is great. I, I love the first movie. Um, but I don't think you can blame people going to the theater to see this. One, March is surprisingly jam-packed. We had, um, you know, it's Shazam. Then there was Creed 3 came out before. And then, you know, we have uh, John Wick and we have Dungeons and Dragons, which I've heard great things about uh, coming out. You know, there's smaller films. And then we have Mario in the beginning of April. And then it kind of starts the cascading effect for the rest of the summer with, you know, Fast and Furious at the end of the end of April. Um, so it really has been just like a jam-packed, I've, I joke to Audrey, I feel like I'm going to the movies every week, which I don't hate. But, um, you know, there's there's that thing. People are picking and choosing what they want. I don't think the advertising was great for this. You know, the second trailer I thought stunk. Um, but the movie overall was good. And I'll get to the, that. I think it was good, not great. But you can't blame people. One, when it's jam-packed, you know, we're, we're not in the best financial situation right now as a as a whole but then also, people, it's kind of leading to nowhere. People are really unsure where Shazam's going to go. I think if it did well, we would see Shazam stick around. But people are unsure. James Gunn's coming in. This movie was made and, and created by people that, um, before the James Gunn uh, regime. Uh, but Peter Safran, who is the producer on this film, is the other co-head of the new DC Studios. So I... I I can't blame people because they're like, all right, well, if they're resetting the universe, will this movie even matter? Like, am I going to go pay money to see something with two end credit scenes that could potentially lead to something that don't? Um, and I think that's the major overarching theme is people are like, why am I going to go spend my money if I know this is going nowhere? People felt the same way about Black Adam. Um, and there's also the Black Adam effect. People didn't love Black Adam. Uh, it's a fine movie. It's stuck in the 2000s, personally. That's why I think it's an early 2000s superhero movie. The superhero genre has just gotten so much better since then. Um, it has some things that work, but the coolest part of Black Adam was the Justice Society and not Black Adam, and that's also an issue. But um, I don't know if that's it because they they're shared, they share a universe. I mean, Black Adam is Shazam's villain. They're similar, you know, lightning bolts. Um, so people are like, well, I didn't like Black Adam. I'm not going to go see Shazam 2. But, but I really do just think overall, one, not poorly marketed. Um, it, this is a family fun movie. And there's a couple things, sure. But I just don't think it was marketed correctly. And I do think that stuff with, um, you know, Black Adam not being great. Uh, but the Batman was great. So, like, you know, the DC brand should still be in good hands and people are excited for the flash, but I really do think it's the overarching thing of, I don't know where this is going. I'm not going to go pay $15 a ticket to take my family or, or, or go myself or, or whatever to the movies when I don't know if it's going to pay off and I'll just wait till it hits HBO max in three months. Because I think that that's, we are going to see so many people watch it when it hits HBO max. So there's also drama behind the scenes of this movie. So Shazam was actually supposed to appear in the end credit scenes for Black Adam with the Justice Society of America. However, The Rock shut it down. The Rock didn't want it happening. He didn't want anything to do. There were all these rumors pointed to he wanted nothing to do with the Shazam franchise. He wanted to be seen as the guy. He wanted to be seen as equal equivalent to Superman and disassociate with the character that that created his character. Like Black Adam comes from the Shazam world. It's insane. Um, so the Justice Society was supposed to show up in either Black Adam or in the end credits for Shazam. I don't remember. Um, 
what the it, it's conflicting stories um and like because at the end of black adam superman shows up and i think it was supposed to be shazam and at the end of shazam the justice society was supposed to show up but the rock shut that down you know he really thought he really wanted to rebuild the dceu around him and superman and that just kind of blew up in his face but we did have it confirmed from zachary levi that shazam was supposed to show up and the rock shut it down he prevented the justice society from appearing in the end credits of shazam fury of the gods which were replaced by people from the peacemaker team which James Gunn confirmed he had nothing to do with because I thought I saw that end credit scene. I don't think this is a spoiler because I don't think it's going anywhere. But uh, yeah, so that's very interesting drama. And there's a lot of beef online now between people hating The Rock and people you know loving The Rock for shutting it down. People loving Zachary Levi for calling him out. People like, why are you creating drama? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So as all the DC Universe stuff, there's always more drama behind the scenes than in the actual freaking movies. Um, and Zack Snyder just teased his thing called Full Circle, which I think he'll be screening at his SnyderCon or whatever. All the final cuts of his films, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, uh, Justice League, which the four-hour cut or whatever. I'm just so ready to move past the Snyder phase. It didn't work. There's some things that are cool. There's a lot that just doesn't work. And if you love those movies, I, I apologize. I just, they're not my thing. There's some things he gets right. I, there's a lot he gets wrong with Man of Steel. But I actually enjoy Man of Steel. I think it's a good movie. I love Henry Cavill. The problem is the follow-up. Like, even if the, some of the issues in, the really bad issues in Batman vs. Superman could have been fixed. But, like, the biggest crime of that movie is it's a Batman movie. It's not a Superman movie. If you go back and watch it, I think Henry Cavill's got three pages of dialogue. Like, I'm not even kidding. But, uh, yeah, so the Snyder thing's still going on somehow. I, just give him a comic book series and let him write out and direct the art of that and just call it a quits because there's an audience for it. It's a smaller audience than the internet would have you believe. But speaking of Man of Steel... Uh, the next Superman film will hit summer 2025, written by James Gunn and directed by James Gunn, called Superman Legacy. Now, I brought up to uh, you know frequent guests of the show Marvel that it's an interesting role that James Gunn's in. So he is the uh, creative officer of DC Studios. Like he will be behind the phases, and he, you know that's his thing. He's the Kevin Foggy of DC. So it's interesting to see him hire himself. It's, it's just, you know, I love James Gunn. I think he's a great director. I think he really knows how to do a comic book movie. I love The Suicide Squad. I think it's one of the best DC movies that they have. Um, I just think it's interesting as your own boss to hire yourself. And this is obviously the test. We've seen what he can do with Suicide Squad. The box office wasn't there, but the fan reviews and the critic reviews are all there, and I love it personally. So, and obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, my like favorite movie of all time. Uh, the the Guardian stuff is great. He knows how to do it. He knows a character, and he came out and said when he took the Suicide Squad job, he was given Suicide Squad or Superman, and he didn't feel a connection to Superman. But now he does, and so he is writing about a young Clark Kent who is battling his connection to Krypton and to Earth and kind of figuring it all out and they want to follow a young Superman and this is going to launch the universe this is what DC will be about they're going to build up Superman they're going to have a new Batman as everything that was planned in that little release of 
James Gunn did of they're going to the first phase is gods and monsters. Um, so he's directing it. It's just an interesting line. If this doesn't work out, if this movie's not good, do you have to add another person who can, you know, maybe challenge James Gunn for directing? However, I don't think it's going to be the issue. I think maybe even if people, if it doesn't make a ton of money, I know people are going to like it because James Gunn just knows what he's doing, especially when it's his own stuff. Um, I just, it needs to be lighthearted, but not goofy. Like Guardians 1 is lighthearted and funny. Guardians 2 is a little goofy. And um, I think people will be furious if Superman is that goofy. But that's exciting stuff to look forward to. And um, obviously Ben Affleck, there's news about Ben Affleck who said, I, you know, James Gunn's a great guy, but I'm not going to be directing for them. Again, maybe just a, a loyalty to Snyder, but there's always just the drama behind those Snyder people that were involved in the Snyder films. So we'll see what happens, but that's the big stuff for DC. Um, I'm sure there's more news out there, but that's kind of the highlights, the big stuff. Um, and I just wanted to cover some of that. You can look more into the Shazam drama. If you want, there's new things coming up every day. Um, but I liked Shazam. Uh, and now I'm going to get into a completely, completely spoiler free review of Shazam Fury of the Gods. All right, so Shazam, Fury of the Gods, follow-up to the 2019 Shazam, uh, which was great. Shazam surprised everybody with being lighthearted in a very dark DC universe and still connected, referenced everything, so it was a part of the universe. No matter what anybody tells you, because the, the, the vibe of it makes you think not, and it was directed by a horror director, David Sandberg, I think his name is, um, and everybody's back. Everybody's back who worked on the first one. Um... I like this film. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. I don't think it has the magic of the first one. Uh, but if you like the first one, it has everything that you like. Now, some people that I actually really respect on you know on their podcast or Twitter hated this film. They thought it was total trash. Um, I don't. I, I don't think this is trash. I think this is a good... Uh, lighthearted superhero film that's good for families, um, good for fans of DC, fans of just a superhero. It's kind of like a popcorn movie, uh, but it is flawed. It is heavily flawed. There's some goofy, stupid stuff um, and not enough Billy Batson. Too much Shazam, Zachary Levi, not enough Billy Batson. My biggest complaint is that, uh, which follows up with my next complaint that Shazam's a doofus in this. Like, He's been at it for a few years at this point, gets the superhero thing, but still always just seems so dumb. And like, there's a difference between being dumb and being a kid who's trying to think things through and figure it out and relies, you know, on the rest of the Shafamily, uh, Shazamily, I think is maybe the better preferred term. But that was my biggest takeaway. I was like, he's just so dumb, like everything. And then obviously, um, I think it's Eddie is the kid with the, the crutch, uh, is loving it because, you know, now he's a superhero. He loves superhero in the first one. And it was a lot of him. Um, there's really not much to say. If you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. The third act is way too long. Um, but there is, there is, I thought, a couple laugh out loud moments. And it just has me questioning, like, everybody hated this. Why did I like this? So, like, why did, what, like, what do I see differently than other people do? And 
Some of it was people thought they took everything from they thought worked from the first one and put it all in this one. Um, the, the goofiness of Shazam being like a complete idiot. But my thoughts are this is a three to three and a half out of five star film. Um, I think the first one's four, ten, four and a half. Um, I just I love the first one. I think it's great. And uh, this one, they doubled down on the Philly representation, which I do like. I thought that was cool. There were some things. And then, obviously, the, you know, Citizens Bank Park, home of the defending National League champs, uh, was the focal point of the third act. But it just went too long. Uh, This movie's, like, over two hours. I don't really care if it's moving, but it's just, it's not. It Like, the third act just takes too long to get to the conclusion. And even the ending, there's some things that just head scratchers a little bit. There's two end credit scenes. Um, one serious, I think one more of a joke, but yeah, it's spoiler free thoughts and reviews. Audra and I liked it. Uh, Bob liked it. Thought it was good. Thought, you know, exactly what a family of kids superheroes movie should be like. Um, Lucy Liu was okay. Helen Mirren was great. And Rachel Zegler, I thought was awesome. I love her. She, uh, she's a fantastic actress. Um, I don't recommend seeing it with this other stuff coming out. Uh, there's better films out there right now. There's more exciting stuff coming out to so save your money and wait for HBO Max. Like, and I think that's maybe testament to it. Like, if I'm not telling you to go see it, it's not amazing. But it was fun. And there was nobody in the theater when we saw it. I think it was, we went Thursday night. I know March Madness had just started and St. Patty's Day weekend and all those things. But always a superhero film still draws people in. But there was like 10 people in my theater for the Thursday night early showing. Um, so, yeah, I would say save your money if you can go see John Wick. I've heard great things about that. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons has been doing a ton of early screenings. Um, really trying to get the word of mouth out there. And critics are liking it. People are liking it. They're just saying it's a ton of fun. And I think you might, even if you're not a fan of D&D, which I'm not, you might enjoy that a little bit more. But if you're a superhero fan, go check this out. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> uh th- like I said 3.5 out of 5, but I like the genre, I like the family, you know, if this was the first one, I don't know if it gets the same score. But this is one that I think if you can just wait unless you really want to say it. But uh spoiler free thoughts, that's all I'm going to say. Um Remember to rate, like, and subscribe. Again, we're not going to do an episode in April. Um, Check out the Gateway Gamers. We're taking a month off for April as well. Um, And, yeah, check out our T Public store, Redbubble. um, And just remember to rate, like, and subscribe. And we appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Yeah, they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for a hell of a fight. Gonna see what these racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state, and the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble out on the promenade, and the gambling commission's hanging on by the skin of its teeth. Listen, everything dies, baby, that's a fact Maybe everything that dies someday comes back Put your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty And meet me tonight
night in Atlantic City. Got me a job, tried to put my money away But I got debts that no honest man could ever pay So I pulled all I had from the Central Trust And I got us two tickets on that coastal city bus Listen, everything dies, baby, that's a fact Maybe everything that dies someday comes back Put your makeup on, fix your hair up pretty Meet me tonight in Atlantic City Everything dies, baby, that's a fact Maybe everything that dies someday comes back I've been looking for a job, but they're Hard to find out here It's just winners and losers And don't get caught on the wrong side of that line I'm tired of living on the losing end So last night I met this guy And I'm gonna do a little favor for him You know now Everything dies That's a fact Maybe everything that dies Someday comes back Put your makeup on Fix your hair up pretty Atlantic City 